Hi, guys. Thank you so much for joining my podcast, New Woman Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about entrepreneurship and women in business. Um, right now, during the pandemic, it's been hard for some of us who have started businesses before, during, or, you know, while it was going on. Um, it's been hard for us. And, you know, being a woman in business, that's another challenge. But you lovely ladies have joined me to share your experiences as business owners, um, boutique owners, and online boutique owners. Okay, just please briefly introduce yourself. Anyone could go first. Oh, okay. So I guess I'll go first. Uh, my name is Renique. I am the CEO owner of a brand called the House of Smoke Apparel. Um, so I do sell clothing for women. Um, initially, I did start off as trying to do like women's and men's clothing, but um, since then, I kind of figured that I would just focus on women just because of the message I'm trying to get across. Um, so me personally, I just have a, I just have a lot in my story. Um, I have a huge testimony, so I wanted to bring that kind of to my business for the women who never gave up, no matter what you've been through, you always kept going. And honestly, I don't look like anything I've been through. And that's something that I stand on in my business is that we've been through so much, but we don't look like what we've been through. So just keep rising. Um, so that's the message in my business. Um, I've been in business for two years. I actually decided um, at the beginning of this year that I would do a rebrand. So I'm currently going through my rebrand right now to pop back out on Black Friday of this year, so. Nice, congratulations. Hi everybody, my name is Shavante Hope. I am the owner of online vintage boutique Tisha's Bag. We sell thrifted items, it's a resale um, store. I sell clothes for men and women alike. Um, and you know, we have our luxury items and then we have our little cute pieces uh, for the ladies. We sell all sizes. Um, I want to expand into designing my own collections, but as of right now, um, I do one-of-a-kind thrifted pieces where I curate collections, and then I also have collections where I curate wholesale collections. So, yeah, I mean, just moving and grooving. We started officially in July 2019, I want to say, and then I actively started doing things February 2020, needless to say, March 2020, we all went right into quarantine. Um, so it's definitely been an adventure, um, a learning curve. Um, but I think there was no better time to get started than that because I had so much time on my hands to really dig in and sink in with my business and my audience. So that's me. Nice, nice, nice. Hey, Zay. What about you? Hi. What you for us? So my name is Xavier. I am the CEO of Lip Booth, which is a photo booth company. Um, basically, we do all events, uh, baby showers, weddings, shower events, you name it, like outdoor events. Um, we started in 2018. Um, from 2018 to 2019, it was a little slow. It was a little slow. But um, it started picking up 2019. That's when we started really seeing like the business and what it is. And then 2020, that's when everything went down. So I would say during the pandemic, it was very rough for my type of business because when it comes to events and events being held at venues, of course, venues were shut down. So um, in that event, I mean, I do have, um, basically I do non-refundable 
deposits. So in the case of people that already booked for like later dates in 2020, that was an issue too. Like I had to rebuttal that rule because this, I can't just hold people's money. We didn't know when we was going to be up back and running. So that was pretty tough for me because to give people back money and then it's like, we don't even know when we're going to be back up and running was definitely like hard because the type of business that I do have, it does require, you know, if people have venues, but however, the bright side of it was, I got to get to know different outdoor events. So I was able to learn how to run the photo booth outdoors. And like, you know, out um, when it comes to like backyards and things like that. So I was able to shift into learning how to do different type of events instead of just saying, okay, my business is just done. So um, it was a learning experience. I'm not going to say the pandemic was um, bad, but it definitely was a learning ex- experience to learn how to do different things when it came to my particular business. That's nice. That's nice. How did the pandemic affect you, Shavante? Um, the pandemic actually gave me a lot of time, a lot of time on my hands. You know, I'm a social worker. I'm a real estate agent. I'm an ABA therapist. I do a lot of things. So like the opportunity to be home and to work remotely gave me the chance to kind of like design my own schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, and with designing my own schedule, you know, while everybody was trying to figure things out, I was like, all right, let me learn how to do this. Let me learn how to create um, graphics on Canva. Let me learn how to edit videos in InShot. Let me learn how to um, turn what I wanted the business to be around. So essentially I wanted to start it off as a wholesale boutique, um, but things were not shipping from overseas and that's where you get most of your items. So I had to be creative and get things from other people in order to get other sizes. So I first started with like a closet sale and I sold items that were my own. And then I realized that there was a demand for larger sizes. And so I was, I had my own car. So I still was able to like be around. I kind of never was really inside really per se. Um, but like go around and get items from people that were other sizes etc so I would say the pandemic really gave me like some sit down and learn time right and and a lot of like really sink my sink my hands in so I could really be hands-on with the business so being a woman entrepreneur um what does that mean for you like I know you guys are both have done the college thing, have done the nine to five corporate America. And now you guys are entrepreneurs as well as um, doing that. How is that working for you? How does that go? Um, so I'll say it's going, it's hard. I won't lie. Um, at first it was it was kind of like easy for me to balance because my last job, it didn't require that much. Like, um, but I recently got promoted and had to move cross country basically. And like my new job is like very, very demanding. So um, that's kind of a part of why I'm rebranding just to refocus and everything. Cause I kind of felt like I lost my way with moving and everything. So um, I feel like it's hard, but um, I definitely just want to say keep going to anybody that's doing it because if you just have a goal in mind, just keep that goal in your mind and you will get there. So I'm pushing through. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. I respect that. Yeah, and to add to that, um, I actually was listening to 
Marty Woodard, I don't know if you guys are familiar, he's like a big brand strategist. And he was talking today about the fact that it takes you like 10 years to get to where you want to go. And if you get there before that time, then you probably set your goal too low. So it definitely is a journey for like the long haul. Um, but speaking to entrepreneurship and work, um, work balance, I'm definitely in a position now where I'm also transitioning into a more demanding position. And I'm a big advocate of not allowing work to kill you, any kind of work. Um, I don't think that money is more important than your mental health. So um, I think for me, entrepreneurship is a lot of work. It's very frustrating, but it's like having your own child, right? People always right. say it's different when you have your own child. Like I'll have the energy for that, but it's very right. hard complete myself for something that is not for me for my legacy or for generations that come after me so it's really important for me to at least eventually phase into a position where working is a choice and not a necessity right right yes. I definitely agree with that especially with um generational wealth is if you have your own type of business investment that you can leave for the generations to come is very important. Um, sometimes not every nine to five have that option, especially when you're under someone else, someone else ownership. Okay, ladies. Um, so how is it going like support wise? It's a pandemic. You know, I know for me when I started um, since Denim and I launched I was doing it for a while. I, I was, you know, always making distressed jeans, custom jeans. And I decided um, right before the pandemic started, I was going to launch the line officially and have other items. Um, starting a line right before the pandemic was brutal to me because it was like people weren't going anywhere. They had no reason to really shop or buy anything. So people weren't really you know, shopping as heavy. For me, the support came in with friends and family. They were like the, the number one supporters as they should be. <laughs> but, you know, I wanted to, you know, reach other people, um, broaden my audience and just have other people wear my brand and other people like my brand and support my brand. So that was definitely a struggle um, for me, but eventually, you know, it, it kept moving. I kept moving. I think, like you said, just don't give up. It's something where it's not going to be easy right away. It's going to take time. And eventually when you sit back and you start looking at all that you have done and just even the fact that you started, you know, cause that, that takes a, a lot to, to pull yourself together and say, let me start. And once you start and you're going and you're going and you have those supportive people in your back of your mind constantly cheering you on to keep going, it kind of push you to keep going. <laughs> so I just want you guys to talk to me a little bit how your support been, um, any advice. I'll hear from anyone. So personally, for me, a benchmark of success is strangers that have absolutely no tie, no emotional anything to my business buying for my business because they genuinely want what I've purchased I think in the past I mean honestly like my inner circle is extremely supportive so I didn't go through like 
feeling unsupported. But I think like when you're starting off a business, you have this concept in your mind that like people owe you a sale and they really don't. You owe people a product that will make them buy it, right? And so when I started to change that thinking and started to like less victimize myself, I was able to start to study the people that I'm trying to sell to. So when I'm studying you, either I'm studying you and identifying that you are not the customer that I want, you are not the client that I'm trying to sell to, right? And, or you are the client that I'm trying to sell to, but I'm not speaking your language. Like I'm not speaking to you. And so I had to try to figure out like, okay, how do I brand and market so that the people that I want to buy from me will buy from me. So when it comes to support, um, I try to be careful with like how I look at that. My brand, my friends didn't go to bed with me. My parents didn't go to bed with me. My siblings and whomever didn't go to bed with me when I came up with this decision to like have a business. So it's not within their responsibility to keep the business going and floating, right? My friends and my family may not be the girl or the guy that I'm trying to buy from. And so when I started to realize that, it was like, oh, well, I don't want you to just buy from me just to buy from me. Like my business is right. not going to survive or thrive like that. So, you know, I think Target, they not worrying about who they mother, you know, like they just <laughs> how do I get this product to people quickly. And, and, and how do I make a lot of people want to buy it from me? If, right. if, if, if you're struggling, it's not your lack of support. You're doing something wrong. And so I think um, just changing that mindset definitely helped me when it came to that part. Definitely. Yes, uh, she pretty much took the words right out of my mouth, pretty much. Like, at first, um, like, when I started, like, uh, right before the pandemic, like I said, I had, like, major support from everybody. Like, I didn't miss a month without sales, but when the pandemic did start, that's when I started noticing like it, you know, slimming down. I didn't get much sales. And like she said, I kind of was in that space too, where I was feeling like, dang, like my some of my family and friends really not supporting me like I thought they were, like we're going to at least. Because when you when you start the product and you begin the vision and the idea and you talk to people about it, it's like, oh yeah, I can't wait for you to do it. I'm gonna support Everybody. you. You know, and it's like, okay, we'll see. But then we'll see, like you actually get there and then you see that all the people that said that they're not doing what they said. And so then you start to, like she said, you kind of like start to beat yourself up. Like, what am I doing wrong? What you're doing wrong is focusing on the wrong people. You have to find your niche and speak to the people that don't even know you who really want your product. And that's, I'm a big part of my rebrand as well. Like I'm focusing on the people that I know want my product. I'm focusing on what I needed to focus on in the first place, which is just selling different things and speaking and standing just on what I am as a fashion, fashionable person. Um, because I feel like my brand right now is just not speaking to who I really truly am. So that's, that's another story, but yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so crazy. You both are, you both have spoken to me in a sense, because, um, I had an audience with since then um, started with male. I mean, of course it was women because I was doing my own stuff, but it, it really was men. And the men were coming at me so heavy that at points of time, I had like six denim jeans from one guy. Like, can you distress these? Make them shorts. I'm going on vacation. Give me three jeans, two, three shorts. And I was just, 
at work, just going to work and whatever the price was. And then I had this one dude who I did not expect would have came to me for anything because he looks like he shops on Fifth Avenue all the time. And he pulls up in front of my house in his nice car, <laughs> asking me to do his jeans. And I was just like, yeah, okay. And I was like, I got to make sure I do these nice, you know. And I think the men definitely supported me a lot more than um, women have. But, I, you know, I'm a woman. So I make clothes for myself. And that's why a lot of my clothes end up becoming unisex, like my T-shirts, my hats because that's who I am. I, sometimes I have a tomboy moment where I want to put on a hat or a t-shirt, sweats and, you know, baggy sweats or whatever. But I definitely um, love that you guys shared that um, changing of your mindset, that it's not just focusing on what you like to sell, it's what your audience wants and actually targeting that audience and focusing on them that's like major key i love that nice so do you guys feel like social media plays a part in sales or do you guys have like other outlets you go to like what a lot of people feel like the more followers you have the more popular you are on social media it builds it brings all the sales you know popularity is key. What do you guys think about that? How do you guys feel about that? I'll go first. It's fine. So um, I would say social media for me, um, I feel like the hype is that if your social media, if your if your business is not 10,000 followers on social media, that your business is not lit or popping or whatever. So I feel like with that, it's not true. It's not true. And I've definitely proven to myself that it's not true. I'm on another app I have a Yelp for the photo booth and I also have a, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Thumbtack. I'm on Thumbtack. And when I say, I want to say 80% of my bookings come from Thumbtack. And I want to say 10, 10 I want to say 10% comes from Yelp. And I want to say 10% comes from Instagram. And that makes my 100%. I feel like I ventured off into see what other people are doing. Like, okay, let me see different things that people are booking on it's like when you're looking for someone to clean your home you're not I mean yes you're going I feel like we we made it so oh if I want someone to clean my home or if I want someone to braid my hair go on Instagram but there's other apps out here that people are on and they're actually getting books and they actually have reviews and they actually like Instagram yeah you have comments but on these other apps you actually have reviews you actually you actually have people that experience your business so right. I'm not going to say I'm 50-50 with Instagram. Instagram, literally, you can go on my Instagram right now. I don't have a lot of followers on Instagram. But it, that does not, it does not equal the amount of bookings that I get. So I feel like my goal is to get the Instagram going a little bit more. I feel like I don't post as much as I should. And I feel like, you know, I don't have as much interaction at, on Instagram because I'm so focused on the other apps. But I do need to equally get that going but like I said I feel I feel you don't Instagram does not just tell your story about your business so that's where I'm at with Instagram for me yeah I'm the same way like I have multiple Instagrams so it's kind of hard to juggle the Instagram and stay active on other um on my business Instagram page um I do have someone who does the marketing but at the same time it's like when it comes down to designing and it comes down to customs orders, 
a lot of times if I don't get that picture before it goes out the door, I may never get the picture. So then I don't have it to post. So definitely I get you with the social media um, and just being active on it. And it really doesn't mean your business business isn't flourishing. It doesn't mean that you, you're, I mean, even being completely active all the time and having a million followers doesn't mean you do good business or have a good business or even get business. So you're definitely right on that. Javante? Yeah, I agree. I think um, Instagram is like the lowest level of um, mm-hmm. engagement, in my opinion. Um, we have to think about it. Businesses existed before Instagram, right? Sure. Um, that were hustlers what do they do they sell out of their car to people in salons they sell to people in they sell to people at their job like you're really building one-on-one with people because I think what we find a lot of today is people scam a lot and you can buy you can buy a bunch of things right um even if you have high engagement that doesn't mean that people are buying from you Mm -hmm. and at the end always about converting that sale so I have the most success at pop-ups because people can see they can touch they can feel and they can trust that they're going to pay for something and walk away with the item that's right in front of them um whereas on Instagram you have to vie for people's trust you have to vie for their attention um I mean I, I don't even know if I would waste my time putting a lot of energy into Instagram if I'm already getting sales elsewhere, right? Because Instagram is like a funnel. I meet you, you see me, this is the front of my store, but I'm trying to get you off of Instagram because if Instagram shuts down tomorrow, my clientele shuts down with them. And so Instagram is really just that first place where like you get a sense of my brand, you can feel what I like, what I'm into, Mm -hmm. is this brand for you does this brand speak to you do my items speak to you um am i are we aligned and then from there i'm dragging you off with an email list or a text messaging list or because i want you to be my customer through instagram you're not my customer you're just on instagram and then we also know that instagram has become extremely difficult to even get engaged mm-hmm. They've changed the algorithms, et cetera, because, you know, they want to monetize it. So I don't say don't do it, but I say it's like a lot of work for not as much reward necessarily. Um, there are people that have a lot of success, but I just think that like building those in-person contacts and like getting those people off of Instagram is where you make those sales. The- um, I feel like... In a sense, yes, popularity does play a key with certain things, I can't lie. Um, But I do feel like most importantly, consistency is key with everything that you do. Um, I feel like even if the most popular girl is selling y'all in competition, if she's inconsistent, more people are gonna pay attention to you because you're constantly on their timeline. They're seeing you all the time and you're really promoting your product and they see that you really love what you do. So I feel like um, if you stay consistent, then that's really all that matters. So uh, social media plays a little part in it, popularity, but consistency is really key. And I think, um, you know, just any any platform that you use, you want to, you know, like when you think about how rappers got to where they got, or when you think about like your Matt of CJ Walkers, or you think about, 
Like these people that didn't have technology like we did, they were talking to people. When we used to go to the hairdresser and get washing sets every two weeks, who was coming in the store? People with socks, people with perfume, people with this, people with that, right? Because they're going and they're 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 putting a product in your face and they're building right. trust. Right there, you could touch it. So for me, I think like the biggest way to build anything, like everything is a funnel. So Instagram is the start. And like, you're trying to draw people off of Instagram so that you could keep them for yourself, right? Like when you think about how people used to keep contacts back in the day on a Rolodex, no technology can damage your clientele because you have it to yourself. You have these contacts. If everything was to go blow up and smoke, like your business is not going to end because you still have these contacts. So I think that Instagram is definitely a tool, but it's not the end. Like right. to the end. So I think um, I think a lot of people get very focused on Instagram, even when you think about how you use Instagram. Um, posting is like the least important thing. Like it's like the least important thing that you can do to convert a sale. You can get people's interest, but like to convert the sale or to make the money, like Instagram posting is like the lowest on the totem pole. So I think like, again, just paying attention to your audience, checking out your insights, checking out who buys from me, when do they buy from me? How do I continue to nurture this audience? That's how you really build your, your business. That's how you really build people. And then word of mouth is really it. So like every single time that you provide a service, you wanna make sure that your service is top notch. Every time you put something out there, I mean, you don't want like analysis paralysis. You don't wanna think about things too hard or be like a perfectionist, but you definitely wanna make sure that when you're giving somebody something, it's something that they're going to want to run back and tell somebody else about. Because if I never posted anything on Instagram, but I do your hair mad fire, I come to your house mm -hmm. and I, I came, I did it mad quick. It looks good. Your edges is still intact. You're going to tell five of your friends about me. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where the building comes from. Even on Instagram, what makes people want to share your content? Is your content shareable? That's how you get out there. It's not just posting like, and it doesn't even have to look good. You could post your clothes on one slide and then the next slide is a quote. Like you posted for the New Woman podcast, alone time is important, family time is important. That's something that's shareable. Mad people are gonna share that. And then when they go through the slide, they're gonna see, oh, this is New Woman podcast. That's how you get people to like come in, you know, mm -hmm. because I can relate to this. And that's part of your brand too. Like you have a, a specific message that you're trying to get out. So I think social media is a tool, but it is not the end all. Means to the end. It's not the end. <laughs> you did mention um, on one conversation we were having that um, pop-up shops were definitely something that brought you a lot of sales. Um, what is your experience with that? So pop-up shops, I mean... Honestly, like that's the best way for people. Cause again, on Instagram, you're trying to a build a relationship and get people's trust at a pop-up shop. My product is right there. You can touch, feel it just like the same way that you would in the store. And you determine whether you want to buy it or not, if it's a price that you agree with. And you also get to see my personality. I get to talk to you and build with you in a way that I don't necessarily get to do on Instagram. If you're not interacting with my content. Um, and you know, I've made like over a thousand dollars in a day at pop-ups. So that's lucrative to me. Like if I could figure out, all right, what did I do this day? Why did that happen? And keep on doing that over and over, like, and like 
multiplying that and really listening to like, what did they like today? What did this audience like today? How do I make this happen more? Um, I think that, that that really is what will boost it up. And, and again, just keep going because you can make $200 on your first pop-up, but you just got to keep going. Like you have to act like blind to like the failure. <laughs> you just got to You have going. to act blind to the money too. I yeah. feel like for me is like, when you first start a business, don't think you're going to collect every dollar and, um, and it's going to count towards something. You got to believe you, the first few dollars counts towards what you already spent to start right. the business. That's what the first few dollars are for. And then the next few dollars is for your re-up. <laughs> your <laughs> buy more of the product. And re up in the beginning <laughs> and then the next few dollars is that part of rebranding because when I first started doing shipment it was horrible I, I have to admit it was horrible I was new to it I really didn't understand what I wanted to do and um I started supporting so much black owned businesses during the pandemic and the ideas that they give with their packaging, the shipping, the love, the care. You know, I've received gifts from both of you guys. Like I've purchased for both of you guys boutiques and I've seen how you guys package with your cards, your thank yous, your this. And I, that extra care, it made me like, ooh, I want to shop there again. You know, and that taught me something I take from everybody. I feel like every day you learn something else. And like, I took so much from just how to package. And that's where some of that money goes to as well. So you may never feel like you're going to be a millionaire off of this business, but just keep going because you're going to keep making it better and better and better and better. Don't ever give up because I had so many dreams I could say for myself and makeup is one of them. And it's like, I look back at old pictures and I'm like, oh Lord, what was I doing? And people were trusting me with their <laughs> face. And I feel like the more you go, the time, 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 it's just like, you get to a level where, you know, you're not even doubting yourself. no. There's no doubt. You know, you got this, you got it under control. You know, you, you're good. And once you get there, there's no greater feeling. And then the money comes and then you start feeling the money and then you fall in love with the money, whatever you do. So that's my little <laughs> advice to you guys. Um, so I'm just going to wrap it up. I just want you guys to, again, briefly tell us where we can find you guys. Um, how can we shop? Where can we purchase? What's the style? A little summary of what you guys got going on. And if you guys have any future ventures, I would like you to share that as well. I will start first. So I have since Denim, I am currently in the rebranding phase. Um, like you guys were talking about, I'm trying to narrow down my audience. I'm trying to run away from customization. <laughs> and I definitely want to start doing cut and sew. So that's where I'm at with that. I also do have my curry powder. Um, and this 
you know, this right here comes from just the love of cooking. It's not really a business that I want to be a millionaire off of. It's not even a business that I care to make a dollar from. It's just something that I love to do. And I really want to share this love with a lot of people. Um, so you could get this online as well. And you can get my t-shirts, my hats, my denim as well. So anyone else? Nah, we're going to speak coins over all of all the <laughs> I've seen your face. I've seen your face. I just want to just really express that. That some of the business plans that we make is that we sit down and think about how is it going to make money. We just don't want to be out here just giving away stuff. But when it comes to cooking, that's like a real passion of mine. I just really enjoy it. I don't feel stressed. Denim stresses me out sometimes. I go through designer's block. But cooking never could take that from me i'm so confident and i love it so that's why Shabate. don't beat me girl you got it, you got it. <laughs> thank you zay um you. what's the name of your photo booth again lip booth at lip booth underscore on instagram okay so again shavante hope you guys can find me at tisha's bag on instagram t-i-s-h-a-s-b-a-g Tisha's bag, like Letitia's bag, because I get to the bag. Yeah. <laughs> and the creative, you know, stay in your bag. Um, but you can find me also at www.tishasbag.com. We're actually running a 75% off sale right now. It's a clearance sale, as I am also in the middle of rebranding. Um, but it's subtle, because I'm just adding more of me in my brand. That's it. Like, right. it, I'm not even... <laughs> It's going to be a subtle situation. So, you know, we have new things coming out. I have hoodies and cargo pants that I will be dropping soon, as well as some detachable trench coats. Um, nice. And once all of that stuff is gone, then we're going to get into the cut and sew designs and what's not. Nice, nice. Thank you for having me. This is a wonderful podcast. I'm honored to be a part of it. And I was honored to have a conversation with you two lovely ladies. Thank you. <laughs> So everybody, again, Renique, didn't even say my last name the first time, but Henry, Renique Henry. Um, you can find me on Instagram at House of Smoke with two underscores. My website is www.houseofsmoke.space. Um, again, I am currently going through a rebrand, but my website is still up. I do just have everything pretty much marked down with prices as low as like $10. Um, so definitely just want to wipe everything out. Um, with the rebrand, we're just, well, the main focus of my clothing is uh, vintage and casual. Um, so I am going to also get into the cut and sew. I was originally supposed to start off that way, but, you know, life is a little difficult, but we'll get there. Um, after the cut and sew, I am going to transfer um, to a manufacturer. So that's another long um, situation. Um, I do also want to do a men's um line as well. I was going to, like I said, incorporate that with House of Smoke, but I decided to just make it its own separate entity. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, also, I am going to get into the hair thing. I did do that before, but I'm thinking about getting back out there with the whole doing hair and maybe even selling hair. Um, so I definitely enjoyed this time with you ladies. I learned a lot, a lot from you, Travanta. Is that, am I saying it right? Travante. 
Trevante, sorry. <laughs> but yes, I learned a lot from you. Love, love. I'm going to check out your website for sure. And Cindy, you know I love you. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for joining this podcast. There's so much that we can take away from today. And I appreciate, appreciate you guys for sharing. Bye now. Until next time, we're out.